Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about leveraging your existing knowledge, unique skills, or passion to build a thriving creative business. I aim to show you what's really possible when you stop letting fear have all the fun and start taking action towards your goals. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting PimpYourBrilliance.com. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I'm so glad that you're here. This is episode number 103, and you can find show notes at pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash 103. Now, today we're going to be continuing our conversation about content. So this month, I'm focusing on creating content that sells. So in our previous episode, we talked about content strategy. I shared with you my content cake framework to help you build out a really simple content strategy that involves foundational articles, emails, and then social media sparingly. So hopefully you found that episode really useful and you took those tips and you started building out a content strategy for yourself. I want to take that and go to the next level by giving you some tips on how to create content that sells. Because here is the thing, likes and shares are cool, but sales are the real flex. And without sales, your business isn't a business. It is an expensive hobby. And that is not what I want for you. Unfortunately, so many creative business owners are focusing on creating content that generates likes and shares versus sales. And that is not what we need to be doing. Content creation has a real cost. If it's not costing you money in resources or tools or help for you to actually be a good content creator, it takes up time and it takes up energy And that's time and energy that you could be applying to other places in your business. However, we can't really escape content creation because that is a big part of marketing. If you think about it, from podcasts to emails to TikToks, all of those things involve content creation. And this is why your focus needs to be on creating content that actually helps pre-sell your offers instead of just pursuing those vanity metrics. If you're going to do all of the work to create content, and as I just said, it's it comes at a price, whether it's financial resources or time resources, you want that to have a good return on your investment. And just getting likes or shares of that content is not a good return on your investment. You want that return on your investment to be actual dollars in your bank account because likes and shares are not going to pay your bills. Trust me when I tell you, I have not been able to pay a bill yet with likes. If I could, I would have tried to a long time ago. So for this episode, I'm going to be sharing five tips that you can use to help you create content that sells. All right. Are you ready? Here is tip number one. Know your audience and how you will help them. Okay. I know I sound like a broken record because I'm always drilling you about knowing your audience, knowing your audience, knowing your audience. That's never going to not be the case. You need to know your audience. This is always step number one. But if you want to sell more, you have to know who you're selling to. You need to understand your audience. You need to understand their challenges. And you need to know how you can best help them. And this is something that, again, I'm always stressing, but so few business owners really dive deep enough to understand this. And we tend to project a lot of our assumptions and our own wants and desires onto our audience, because at some point we were them, but now we are not in that same space. We may be a few steps ahead of them. We may be years ahead of them. 
but we're always just kind of throwing these assumptions and our own wants on them. But we really need to be digging into what do they really want? What are they really looking for? So don't skimp on your market research. Send your surveys, comb through your website analytics, or go get a few of your audience members on a phone call and do a quick Q&A session with them. Ask them about their challenges in relation to your niche and really listen to what they're saying that they want. This was a conversation that I had recently with my mastermind group. And one of the women said, you know what? I'm tired of making this hard. I've been combing through years of surveys that I have taken from my audience over the past five years. And I've really been listening to what it is they're actually saying they are wanting. And that is what I am building my program around. She was like, I'm tired of making assumptions or what I think they want. I'm just listening. And I thought that is so smart and so powerful because even when we have survey responses and things of that nature, we still try to think about, we still make assumptions about what we think our audience needs. And so I like that she's in this place of, you know what, let me just listen. Let me really try to understand what it is that they're saying that they want versus what I think that they want. But once you know exactly who your audience is and what their challenges are, you need to structure your content around those issues. I'm going to say it again. You need to structure your content around those issues because the main goal of your content is to pre-sell your audience on your offer. So again, the goal of your content is not likes and shares. Likes and shares are great. And sure, shares help get your work out into in front of new people. But that's not the goal. The goal is to get your content to help you pre-sell your audience on your offer. Let me give you an example of what I mean. So right now I am working with a client who is a zero waste consultant. She helps small businesses reduce their waste and implement more earth-friendly business practices. And she's super smart and I think her work is very necessary. One of the things that we've been working on is building a content marketing system for her business. So we've been strategizing different content ideas, things that she can write as her foundational articles, but we're not going to be focusing on topics or ideas like five tools I use to run my business or my favorite productivity apps. Even though those are great content ideas and their list, they may get a lot of shares. That's something that probably would do very well on Pinterest. That's not helpful to her because that's not helping her pre-sell her offer which is zero waste consulting. That's what she's trying to sell. So instead, we're focusing our content creation around topics like what is zero waste or simple ways to implement zero waste practices into your business. Different things around that nature that help her demonstrate her expertise. So that way, when somebody finds this content and they go over to her website If they're browsing around, they may think, hey, I need to sign up for her email list or I want to go ahead and take the next step and book this discovery call. We want to attract people who are going to be interested in her offers, which again, zero waste consulting. So we want small businesses, maybe we want corporate businesses who are interested in sustainability and reducing waste. These are the type of people that we're trying to attract. So we're going to create content around that. That's going to help pre-sell her as the expert 
as the go-to person for this. This is why we're not focusing just solely on content that's going to be shared. We could create all kinds of content that could be shared and go viral, but it does us no good if it's not going to help us meet our end goal of pre-selling and then eventually earning the sale from those audience members. We don't want to attract just anybody. We want to attract the right people. Tip number two, and this is my favorite, it's to tell a story. Now, storytelling is an essential part of the human experience, and it's a vital part of our daily communication. This is one of those things that is uniquely human, that we tell stories, and stories can be passed down from generations to generations. If you think about it, so much of your life probably has revolved around storytelling, whether you were learning from your parents or your teachers or your peers. Storytelling is everywhere, and it's, and it's involved in so many different things. Storytelling can be used to teach us lessons or help us make decisions. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of decisions that you made based on stories that you've heard or things that you've learned over time. It's also great for helping you process complex information easier. So using storytelling helps your audience to connect with you so that they trust you and therefore they trust the brand. This works especially well when the story is relatable, which has the added benefit of being easier to understand and more memorable. Stories that are personally relevant allow your audience to see themselves as a character in the story. And this is is really key because sometimes as business owners, we think that we are the hero of the story, but we're not. We are the guide for our audience. Our audience members, they are the hero of the story. But understanding this and and helping people see themselves as the character in the story, this is very, very powerful because it helps people create an emotional connection. And emotions are such a powerful tool when it comes to selling because a lot of times we don't make rational decisions, we make emotional decisions. So storytelling is one of those ways to kind of hook people in and help them see themselves as the person in the story. So how do you tell a good story? I learned a very simple storytelling formula from Paul Jarvis. And if you don't know who that is, Paul Jarvis is an author. He's an online educator. He now runs a company called Fathom Analytics. And he used to have this personal brand where he would send out a newsletter every Sunday. And it was like really, really great content, long stories, And he once shared his storytelling formula and I started using it and I loved it and I have used it ever since. I've used it for years. So his storytelling formula consists of three parts, story, proof, lesson. So for the story, you get your audience up to speed quickly by describing the situation or giving some backstory about what happened. For proof, you are establishing credibility by sharing your evidence. So you can do this with screenshots pictures, or whatever else you have. The idea here is that you are building trust with your audience, letting them know you didn't just make this up out of nowhere. You're backing up your story, basically. And then finally, lesson. You're putting a nice bow on the story by summarizing the lessons learned, the key takeaway, or the wisdom gained. And then you leave your audience with a specific call to action. And we'll talk more about call to actions in a little bit. But I use this exact formula to write 
100% of my emails, whether they are weekly newsletters or they are sales emails, and it has resulted in some of my best writing. These are the emails that get the most responses. These are the ones that people are so excited about and get shared. And this formula works well because it helps you turn your own experiences into relatable story content that you can share with your audience. And I know sometimes that can be difficult for people just trying to figure out, well, how do I tell this story? How do I tell people how I went from having zero sales to daily sales? Well, you tell them your story. You tell them that you started at zero sales and how that felt. You tell them the turning point, what was the pivot, what was the change, what was the shift that took you from zero to daily sales. You can show your proof and then you tell them the lesson learned or the key takeaway that you want them to know. I use this system and it helped me do this or you know whatever you have, making sure that you use your call to action. But that's how you turn your own, your own experiences into stories. And it's as simple as that. Story, proof, lesson. So if you want to learn more about storytelling, there is another resource that I encourage you to look into. That is the book, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. It's been really popular on the internet in the last handful of years. And it's a good book, pretty easy to read. But he talks a lot about telling stories with your brand and how your customer is the hero of your journey. And it's, it's a really good book to read. So I will link that in the show notes for you. Tip number three, solve a problem or cause a mindset shift. Now, the main goal of your business is to solve a problem for your audience. So it makes sense that the content that you create should do the same thing. Solving problems through your content is a great tactic for helping you get found by your audience and for showcasing your expertise. And I talked a lot about this in episode 102, which is about content strategy. And this kind of goes in hand in hand with creating those foundational articles and improving on your search engine optimization so that you're getting found. And you do this by solving problems through your content. People are actually actively searching for solutions and answers to the problems that they're facing. And that is a good way to get found by your audience. What's not talked about nearly enough is mindset shifts. And these are equally important because your audience is not going to spend money with you if they don't believe your offer is going to work for them. So it's your job to create content that helps them make that mental shift. And if you think about it, even in this podcast, as much as I give actionable content, problem-solving content. Every so often I have what I like to think of as my pep talks or my come to Jesus moments where I am telling you like, you need to go for it. You have to do the work. I believe in you. That's a part of me helping you make the mindset shift because you will not be able to run a successful online business if you don't believe that's possible for you. If you can't see the possibility in yourself, it will never happen because your belief, trust me, it trumps everything and it flows into so many other things that you do. But if you believe that it's possible, you're more likely to take the next step and go forward. And it's the same thing with your audience. If they believe that your results can happen for them, they'll be more likely to take the next step. 
But if they don't see that as a possibility, it doesn't matter how much content you create. So you have to help them make these mental shifts. And webinars do this really well. Although people give webinars a bad reputation and they feel like, oh, I sit on these webinars and they're not teaching me anything. They're just talking or they're sharing their stories. But the reality is, as much as I would love to, I can't teach you how to start a a six-figure business during a 60-minute presentation. That's not realistic. It would be impossible to teach fully on that topic in such a short time frame. So instead, most webinar content focuses on helping the audience make a mindset shift so that they can see the results are possible for them too. And without that shift, without them seeing that possibility, your audience isn't going to believe your offer is the right fit for them and they're not going to take the next step. So if you've ever attended a webinar, you've probably seen it. They tell their backstory of, I started out with $0 and now I'm making XYZ dollars. They're probably going to go do a high level overview of their framework. Their signature framework is these four steps and you know, there you add them all together and you can do this thing. And then at the end, they, they invite you into the possibility of working with them. They invite you to take the next step. That's all helping with those mindset shift. Does it work for 100% of the audience attendees? No, but for the right people who are ready, it does. It, that shift is enough to help them say, you know what? I want to sign up for this program. I'm going to make the investment in this program. And that's really what the goal of the webinar was, to help shift the mindset. It wasn't to teach every little thing that you need to know to start a business. It was just to get you in the right frame of mind to realize that this is possible and it's doable for you. So if you are trying to help your audience make these necessary shifts, then you need to start thinking about what your audience needs to believe before hiring you or buying your product. That's the message that you need to make clear in your content. So if your audience needs to believe that they can lose the weight and keep it off forever this time, you have to start priming that in the messaging in your content. If you want your audience to believe that this is the course that's going to help them break their income ceiling, then you need to start thinking about what kind of mindset shifts they need to make and then use that messaging in your content. Tip number four is to bake social proof into your content. And this is actually one of the easier tips to apply, but a lot of creative business owners overlook this and and don't realize how powerful social proof is. So what is social proof? Social proof is evidence that other people have purchased and found value in a product or service offered by a business. If you think about this, social proof is everywhere. Amazon, Amazon reviews. How many times have you thought about buying something on Amazon and you went straight to the reviews to decide if it was worth buying? What if you were searching the podcast app for Apple and you found a podcast that the cover art seems interesting, the concept seems interesting, but you're not quite sure if it's worth your time? You probably went and read the reviews. Social proof is everywhere. When you're browsing a sales page and you see a testimonial, that's social proof. When you're scrolling through Instagram and you see your favorite brand show a video of an influencer using their product, that's social proof. 
Basically, social proof is borrowing third-party influence to sway potential customers. This is why influencing marketing has become so popular and why it works so well. If your audience sees that someone else has had success with your product, they're more likely to believe that it will work for them. And this is why you need to be baking social proof into your content. This can be done in a variety of ways, but some of the simplest ways are sharing testimonials, sharing case studies. So if you had a client that got amazing results, have them do a case study with you to showcase how you work together and how you got them those results. Product reviews, again, Amazon, podcast reviews, pretty much any kind of reviews. Social shares. So um, again, somebody sharing things on social media or on their own platforms, that is form social proof. And finally, my favorite, and this works really, really well for physical product sellers, user-generated content. So I have the Visionary Journal Planner that I sell. One of the easiest ways to sell my planner is for me to share or have my users share pictures of their planners, them talking about why they like it, how they use it, how it's been really helpful to them. It's It sells itself. And when they do this and they tag me, I screenshot, I record their video testimonials that they leave in their Instagram stories. Pretty much any user-generated content that I can get on my hands on for the Visionary Journal, I share and I save it into a folder on my computer because then I can use that other places. I can use those screenshots on my own website. I can use those shares on my own Instagram profile. So if somebody takes a picture of their planner and they tag me, I can reshare it. And that tells people who are following me, who see that content that, hey, I didn't just make this thing up, that it works. Other people use it. Other people like it. Other people are getting results and it helps sell itself. So don't skimp out on social shares. You can use social shares on pretty much all of your platforms. You can use testimonials and screenshots in your emails. You can create graphics with testimonials to share on Instagram or Twitter You can add them to your website. Make sure that you're putting your social proof in different places so that potential buyers can see that people are hiring you for your services or that they're buying your product. Last but certainly not least, tip number five, always include a call to action. After your audience has finished consuming a piece of content, what should they do next? If you want your content to help you sell, you need to end with a call to action. A call to action is a phrase used to tell your audience exactly what step to take next and how to take it. So on your website, you will see call to actions as buy now buttons, pay here buttons, download now, subscribe. Those are all call to actions that you probably see every single day and don't give much thought to. But when you read them, it's just like, ooh, do I want to subscribe to this? Do I want to buy this? Do I want to download this? That's a call to action. Without a clear call to action, your audience may not know what you want them to do next. So don't leave them hanging. Tell them what action you want them to take. Calls to action are important because attention online is scarce. So you need to tell your audience what to do next while you have their attention because you're not going to have it for very long. But not all call to actions are sales related. 
Some call to action are purely to increase engagement. For example, you may want your audience to subscribe to your podcast. You might want them to join your email list by downloading a content upgrade, or you may want them to share your latest Instagram post. You need to tell them what action you're expecting them to take, or they're going to leave without completing the task that you wanted them to complete. So including calls to action at the end of your content helps move engaged members of your audience along the customer journey. And if you've planned out your funnels and you've used your content strategically, the next step may be a sale for them. So a good example of calls to action, I try to give them as much as possible on this podcast when I ask you to share or subscribe or to leave a review or to take my product quiz. Those are all examples of calls to action because when I don't tell you to do those things, more than likely they're not getting done. But when I do announce these things and I do share these things, I notice more shares, I notice more downloads, I notice more subscribers. So that's why calls to action are important. It's just the easiest way to get people to take the actions that you want instead of assuming that they're going to take them. A small percentage probably will take them without being explicitly told, but it's not enough to move the needle. So it's just better to say, this is what I want you to do next, and then let them decide if they're going to do it or not. All right. So to recap really quickly, our five tips. Tip number one, know your audience and how you will help them. Tip number two, tell a story. Tip number three, solve a problem or cause a mindset shift. Tip number four, bake social proof into your content. And then tip number five, always include a call to action. And I really encourage you to take these five tips and start applying them to your content going forward if you're not already doing this. And then let me know if you have seen an increase in sales or if you've seen an increase in engagement from your audience with the content that you're putting out. So I hope that this was helpful. I really do want us to start focusing more on making the sales and marketing our businesses to reach our goals versus just creating content for the sake of creating content or having something to post. That's ultimately not what I want you to be focusing on. And if that's always going to be your focus, you're never going to grow your business in the way that you would like to. And hopefully the goal is to make enough income to support your lifestyle or to pay your kids college tuition or help you pay off your student loans, whatever goal you have, I want you to be able to reach that. And that means that we have to be smarter with the content that we're creating and not just throwing things out there to fill space. The online world is noisy enough without that. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it. Please take a screenshot and then tag me on Instagram at Pimp Your Brilliance. I love hearing from you and hearing how the podcast is helping you reach your own goals with your business. And that's all I have for this week's episode. So until next time, go out there and pimp your brilliance.